welcome to the April edition of Life of the Tax Lane. It's April. The flowers are out. The snow is probably <laughs> gone. <laughs> Hopefully. Not yet. It's all the wonderful signs of spring. The personal tax seasons are sprouting up mm. all around us. Oh, and the federal budget is upon us. Holy moly, we're in federal budget hangover stages. The three of us were uh, in Ottawa, in the media lockup, in the thick of it on Christmas Day. For those of us in the accounting and finance world, what is uh, finance going to uh, present to us? Well, uh, let's talk about some of these uh, issues uh, and some, some I, of them. You know what, Katie? I think the biggest thing in this budget is what actually didn't change. No. So let's just recap that. First of all, corporate rates, personal tax rates, the capital gains rates, all of that stuff stayed exactly the same. No taxation on employer-provided health care plans. Uh, we've got some changes to the... Oh, no, we won't talk about that quite yet. Uh, <laughs> what else would you like to mention? Well, let's talk about what are the changes that professionals will be... Certain professionals will be very interested in. I think we've demonstrated our ability to predict what's in the budget as a profession is negligible, so maybe people shouldn't listen to our rumors that much. But <laughs> from the environmentally friendly side of things, we can recycle those rumors for next budget. Uh, <laughs> this budget, they uh, threw a curveball at us for professionals, doctors, dentists, yes. lawyers, accountants, <laughs> veterinarians, chiropractors. Those six are defined under the legislation as being entitled to exclude any work in progress at the end of the year from their uh, accounting income, their taxable income. Build basis accounting. We're not taxed till we send out a bill. Now, right. for the accountants and lawyers, this is a big deal. They have a lot of work in progress and... Uh, for year ends commencing after March 22nd, 2017, they're going to have to start bringing that into income. It's going to be phased in over a couple of years, but eventually the full cost is going to have to be reflected as non-deductible until we offset it against the actual bill, uh, which has created some interesting questions already. Uh, what is the cost of work in progress? What goes into that? What's a partner hour worth? Do we have to show everything that's on the financials? That's really fair market value. We don't value inventory at fair market value, and WIP is a form of inventory. Uh, for the other four professions, I don't think they generally have as much WIP, at least not in my experience. In fact, a lot of them have so little that they kind of ignore it at year end. Well, now they can't ignore it anymore because they're not allowed to exclude it. So mm -hmm. certainly some changes to come in that regard. Yeah. Well, let's talk about another section of the budget. Buried nice and deep in there, there were some comments that the minister and the uh, Department of Finance made with respect to using private corporations. They have said, we're not proposing any changes uh, in this budget. However, yet. <laughs> yet. However, we are noting that we are looking at three specific areas uh, where we think uh, there may be some issues. So what are these areas that uh, are attracting attention? Well, the first concept is uh, the sprinkling of income. So maybe you got a corporation, you got some lower income family members who are shareholders, and you're paying dividends out to them. So your overall tax bill for the family is a little bit lower because maybe yeah. it's the the higher income earner is not the one receiving those big dividends. So some 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 looking at is going on there. Yeah, a little bit of corporate tax planning 101. That's very common in practice. Absolutely. Right. Uh, the Department of Finance also me uh, mentioned those scenarios uh, where we're building up assets uh, in a corporation and, and then we're spinning off passive investment income. Uh, maybe uh, do we want to permit that? Are we going to see changes that in that respect in the future? And let the rumors recommence. We're concerned about people turning dividends into capital gains. Well, why is that a problem? 
because capital gains with a 50% inclusion rate are taxed a lot lower. So That's right. although Minister Morneau has said uh, changing the capital gains inclusion rate isn't on the government's present agenda, the consultation paper may well change their agenda. And you know, Joe, at least we got three rumors that are reasonably likely to be mentioned in the next budget in some fashion. Or even earlier, maybe in the fall. We'll have to see. That's right. All right, let's move on. We had a number of medical-related changes for individuals. First off, we had three credits related to caregivers that are being consolidated into one caregiver credit. Uh, the good news is this should simplify matters. Generally speaking, it provides uh, the same value under the old credits with the exception of a higher threshold for some of the older credits uh, when we erode some of those uh, benefits based on their income. Uh, however, certain individuals that may have got the old credit may not get the new ones if we have a non-infirm senior uh, dependent residing with us. So a slight change there. Any other Often medical? that's a parent moving back in with the kids, which seems fair because you don't get a credit when the yep. kids move back in with the credits, uh, with the parents either. Now That's you have right. excuse. No way, Jose. Don't get the credit. I think one of the other the, one of the other items that changed there had to do with uh, infertility treatments. So yep. if you uh, required assistance to uh, to make a baby, um, we've got the ability to claim some credits, and uh, that will actually go back ten years. Mm -hmm. So if you didn't claim it seven years ago, now you can go back and do it. Yeah. So. Now that sounds really generous in theory. I wonder how generous in practice CRA is going to be about the receipts that may not be. Uh, fully intact seven years later. However, I keep it open. It's, it's good. possibilities. Yep. yep. Let's talk about some other modifications, eliminations of other personal tax credits. That's right. The first one, the public transit amount has disappeared. It, it was pretty funny because, you know, Hugh's wife, she's, she's not a tax specialist, but she certainly told Hugh about this one. <laughs> I am not impressed. So, so that one is disappearing. You um, know what, Joe? She's probably proof of the reason. She rode the bus before. She still rides the bus. Yeah, the public right. transit use didn't go up. That was why they put the credit in. It didn't work, so they're taking it out. Yep. The next one, loss of home relocation loan deduction. That's disappearing. Expiration of the first-time donor super credit. That one's also going to retire. Uh, those are three of the major yep. ones. So the public officials in the past got non-taxable allowances. Now those amounts are going to be taxable. Uh, anything else, you? Certainly a lot of changes to some fairly narrow areas. Yep. Uh, one group that's going to be almost as unhappy as City Council losing their uh, tax-free expense allowances is going to be the ride-sharing drivers. Mm. Now, maybe this is a good thing. At least they got the certainty mm -hmm. that they've been hoping for because they've been complaining for a long time of the uncertainty of whether they're subject to the GST, HST requirements. Uh, right. Certainly they've been challenged in Quebec. And finally, uh, Uber negotiated a settlement that they will treat their drivers as subject to Quebec sales tax. As of July 1, the definition of a taxi service will be modified to make it absolutely clear these ride-sharing services, Uber, Lyft, fall into that definition, requiring the drivers to register, collect, and remit GST. But I think the uncertainty prior to that date remains. And... Uh, Maybe CRA is going to want some more uh, audit activity, verification activity in that regard. Think they can pay for it, Kate? Oh, absolutely. Federal budget provided for a lot of extra cash to the CRA. 
523.9 million over five years to be specific. Uh, the document talked about uh, a few areas of activity where they hope uh, we have increased activity. We're talking about verification requests. Uh, we've seen in the past a lot of verification requests uh, with respect to family credits, sometimes right. on the corporate side. So that is going to be increasing likely as well. Katie, yes, one other area. And we saw a tax tip come from Syria on this recently. Um, they can provide sort of informational releases, yeah. so maybe they'll do more of this. In this informational release in particular, they talked about somebody who was getting their house fixed up, and the question was, should they actually sign a contract, get a receipt from this builder or not? I can give you a special deal if you pay cash. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know, it was interesting because they actually talked about the risks associated with that from a non-tax perspective. For example, what happens if there's incomplete work? Do you have recourse? Can you go back? What if the worker gets injured on site? What if there are cost overruns, substandard material? And the list goes on and on. So, you know, it does, there are a number of risks that we need to be aware of. Yeah. Just to add insult to injury, often one of the reasons for that under the table contract is to avoid the GST, the HST. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, we've got a recent court case out of uh, BC, which isn't dead on point, but where a uh, group, the buyer and the seller, thought GST didn't apply. Turned out it did, while the seller wasn't even registered for GST, but they were still entitled to go back and collect it from the buyers. So if that contractor does get reassessed, he may have recourse to come back to the person whose uh, home he did the renovations on. Um, if we want to take that a little more seriously into the tax evasion area, they think I was deliberately not reporting my income, right. that can be a criminal charge. And as of the very near future, all of those criminal charges are going to result in fingerprinting for database records, which doesn't sound like that big a deal, except that many countries, the U.S. being one of the main ones, Homeland Security, does not allow entry to even accused criminal records, much less having been convicted. Not so all the time, but You yes. may not be innocent until proven guilty if you're trying to go to Disneyland while you're under a tax evasion charge. Well, we'll see you next week, May. Next month. This episode was brought to you in part by the Canadian Tax Planner Newsletter. Each five to nine page issue will dig into a carefully selected topic to keep you up to date on critical tax and financial opportunities and pitfalls. This valuable resource starts at $99 for 10 issues. Go to CanadianTaxPlanners.com to subscribe today.